from home and the table beer project. I have a really nice glass of wine. Glass of Frexinet, that's really nice. I've actually got a wine ticking out. It wasn't the normal Frexinet, it was in a big black bottle and it was called Gordon Negro Grand Selection Carver. And it was really nice. Nice, sweet. Just how I like my white wine. And it turns out I've had this twice before. I had it in May and July of last. Very nice, I like my whites. I rated that wine a 4 out of 5. And then, on Saturday, I had a red wine. Don't normally drink red wine. None does funny things to me. But my mum convinced me to try red wine. It was McGuigan from Australia. The black label red, 2018 vintage. And I said, sweet and fruity with a slight dry finish. Quite nice, actually. I rated that wine a three and a half out of five. It was nice. Did have the dry finish. You know me, I prefer my drinks to be nice and sweet. But yeah, that was quite nice. I'd recommend those two wines if you're a wine connoisseur. On the 7th of March, I had a really nice white wine called Asti. Tesco's Asti Sweet 2018 Vintage. And again, I put nice sweet white wine. Basically, that a 4 out of 5. Right, enough about the wine. Back to the beer. So, as I had the wine on Saturday, I didn't have any beer on Saturday. And after our walk Sunday evening, I shared two cans of beer with my dad. The first was On the Bounty. A chocolate and coconut stout from Neptune Brewery. Formerly called Mutiny on the Bounty. I think it's been on the bounty for some time now, not that I've actually noticed. Hey guys, it is Sunday the 29th of February 2020. Just sat here and I am drinking On the Bounty from Neptune Brewery. This is a 5.8% chocolate and coconut stout brewed with Soriaccio's hops and flavoured with cacao nibs and coconut essence. Soriaccio's, eh? Wow, I haven't heard that name in years. Alright, let's see what I think of this then. Mm, interesting. A little sweet to begin with. You can taste the chocolate, you can definitely taste the coconut. Mm, um, mm, that's not bad. Sweet to begin, a little dry on the back end. But all in all, not too bad. There's a strange taste I can't quite place, which I'm thinking is the Soriachi Ace hops, because I haven't had much experience with Soriachi Ace hops. But I do remember they did give off a, they do give the beer a really interesting taste. Because I haven't seen Soriachi Ace in anything in probably about four or five years. Yeah, but that's not too bad. That's a nice, good mid-range stout. Try this if you see it. If you can get it from the brewery or if you can get it in a can. I'm going to give that a three and a half out of five. And then we shared a can of Sainsbury's beer. Hyde and Wild Pale Ale. Hey guys, welcome. Alright, 29th of March 2020. I am drinking Hyde and Wild. This is brewed for Sainsbury by Marston's. Their pale ale coming in at 4.7%. The tasting note says, Pale and bitter, yes interesting. Sounds like a Jane Austen heroine. No Mr Darcy's here. Delicious, fruity, hoppy and malty ale. It's made with malted barley, galaxy mosaic and citra hops. It says Hyde and Wild, there it is. They've got a line on the can. Comes in a 330ml can. Not drinking the whole thing, I've shared a bit. 4.7%. It says good as gold. And it says 
Steeped in hops and history, dating back over 300 years, pale ale was once the preserve of the worthy. Thankfully, times have changed. So only Thor could drink it. It was Thor beer. <laughs> you have to be worthy to drink it. So there it is. It is a deep golden, almost orange colour. Mmm, got a very fruity nose. Yeah, I'm not drinking out of a beer glass tonight. Couldn't be bothered finding them. Oh, that is really nice. You know what? For something brewed by Marston's, that is really nice. So yeah, Marston's is brewing under this Hyde and Wild brand for Sainsbury's. So, though you don't know, Marston's is one of the big beer co's here in the UK. That is really nice. Now, if they can brew beer like that, why don't they? Normally. Mmm. That is absolutely delicious. Nice, sweet, juicy, fruity. You know what, I'm going to leave a bit of that because I'm having a, another one. Cheers guys, have a great evening. Do yourself what you're doing. I'll see you soon. That was really nice. I've had this before and I wasn't overly keen, but I had this one. It was really nice. And the odd thing was, I think I bought both the cans at the same time. But yeah, right, finally, I know I should be saving my beers. Finally, I decided to try Pilot Brewing's Mochaccino Stout. Mochaccino, of course, being the full name of Mocha Coffee. Not many people use it. 29th of March 2020, I'm drinking a beer from Scotland. This is Pilot Beer, Mochaccino Stout. So there it is, and it says on the back of this a luxurious milk stout infused with both raw and roasted cocoa nibs, or cacao nibs, vanilla, lactose, and locally roasted coffee blend from our pals at the Edinburgh Tea and Coffee Company. At Pilot we use fresh ideas and techniques but keep drinkability at the heart of everything we do. Putting flavour firmly ahead of appearance and we don't use finings or filtration in any of our beers. This means they might be slightly hazy and have a wee bit of sediment. But that's not a bad thing. The difference in the taste is, well, clear. I like this, it's brewed with Scottish water. Barley, wheat, lactose, cacao nibs, coffee, hops, yeast, vanilla, sea salt. Seriously? It's got salt in it. Wow. I never thought of putting sea salt in a beer. Unless you were doing a salted gozer. I have had a sea salt gozer, but I never thought putting a sea salt in a stout. Established in 2013. Pilot is a real brewery. We brew and package all beer in genuinely small batches at our Edinburgh brewery. It's a dark coffee and chocolate stout. It's a very plain package. So, let's see what I think of this. I've had this a while. Smells very... very bitter. It smells very much of uh, bitter coffee and bitter chocolate. Cheers, guys. Actually, surprisingly nice. It's sweet to begin with. Bitter on the back end. Mm. Yeah, I don't mind that. It's nice, that. Mm. Yeah, I'll give that... I'll give that a 4 out of 5. That is really nice. It's a really good style, that. Yeah, yeah. It's good, it's good. If you can find a can of this, try it. Can't remember where I bought it from. It was a while ago.
And then on Monday evening, I opened a box from Beer 52. This was my very, very first box. All the way back in May of 2019. All the beers out of this box were part of the Table Brewery project. These articles are taken from Beer 52's Ferment Magazine and are written by editor and, from the sounds of it, head beer researcher Richard Crowstow. All the tasting notes here. It's even got a map of where all these are in London. Introducing Table. The love of beer and the love of food have always gone hand in hand. And why shouldn't they? Both blend science with technical skill and creativity with self-expression. To produce something that rises above the purely functional, meeting our need for sustenance. To become a source of fun, social interaction and physical pleasure. That's why we created Table. An ongoing brewing project that will explore the relationship between food and beer in all its many forms. To start this journey, we've worked with 12 of London's most interesting and progressive restaurants and chefs to create a selection of beer for Beer 52 members. While these beers are designed to play well with certain types of food, it's more important they represent the spirit and culture of the restaurants we worked with. Whether that means using specific ingredients or capturing their daring willingness to break the mould. It was something we felt reflected the people, the experience they offered, and also the hospitality they delivered. All these things in combination. From bagels to wedding cakes, dim sum to bell buns. Everyone we've worked with has had a different approach. But what they all share as gastronomic creatives is a sense of how different flavour, aroma, textural and visual elements work together and how things pair well, and seeing the benefit of having something that's a little outside your comfort zone, surprising people with what's unexpected and wonderful. As a brewer, the process has been very liberating. I saw myself a lot of the time as a facilitator trying to realise what chefs wanted from a beer, and what they wanted from the experience at table in its entirety. Instead of the way I might usually go about creating beers, I've approached this from a more holistic way. From a purely human point of view, it's been great to sit down and eat with these people who are so generous with their time and their insight and their food. More table beers will be popping up in future boxes as we work with top chefs. We hope the following stories combined with this box of beer give you a sense of where they've come from and provide some good food for thought. Chris J.J. Heaney, Head of Beer for Beer 52. So first out of the box was Kavesh, a dry hopped Vit beer with lime and coriander. With a legitimate claim to have kick-started London's Peruvian food revolution, and indeed named after the country's national dish, Kavish focuses on Kiroli, Nekai and Shifa cooking. Starting a restaurant in Soho and subsequently opened a second home in Old Street, Kavish brings together elements of fine dining, casual eating and street food for an atmosphere that manages a neat trick of feeling both high-end and entirely unpretentious. The menu is inspired by founder Martin Morales' childhood in Peru and by the cooking of his great-aunt, Carmela, as well as the unique flavours of the nation's coast... No as well as the unique flavours of the nation's coast and the hip urban culture of Lima, the capital city. Flavour is at the heart of Kovacic's gastronomic philosophy. And every dish is a collage of distinct tastes, colours and textures, working in harmony to produce a whole which is far greater than the sum of its parts. And fussy and hearty, Super fresh and well-sourced local ingredients shine through in each mouthful. As well as excellent food, Kavich is a celebration of modern Peruvian culture more generally. 
and both restaurants have strong links to the country's dynamic music scene, not at least through the restaurant's own record label, Tiger Milk Records. Regulars at Kavish enjoy frequent events and music nights, special DJs spinning electronic, funk, chicha and cumbia. That's kind of cool, isn't it? He's got his own record label at the restaurant. Creating the beer. As far as recipe creation goes, the fresh and zingy flavours that dominate Kavish's menu give us a great palate to work with in creating a beer. This wit beer's gentle, natural acidity is the perfect companion for the lime and fresh coriander blend. A relatively complex grain bill gives wonderful layers of savoury flavour in the base, while classic Belgian wit yeast delivers cloves and esters for a superbly food-friendly brew. Table and Kavesh Dry Hopped Wit Beer 4.8% Tasting Notes Gentle natural acidity pairs with lime and coriander to give a refreshing beer. Malted and unmalted wheat, spelt, oats and barley form the grain bill with a fermentation with classic Belgian wheat for a fresh and superbly food friendly beer. Hey guys, welcome to another week of beer review. 30th of March 2020. Welcome to another edition of Beers from Lockdown. This is from my very, very first Beer 52 box from the 11th of May 2019. And this is Table Beer from Edinburgh. And this is Kavesh. This is a dry hopped wheat beer with lime and coriander. 4.8% and it says on the back of it, A gentle natural acidity pairs the lime and coriander to the refreshing beer named for the iconic dish and eponymous name of the restaurant. Malted and unmalted wheat, bolt, oats and barley from the grain bill with a fermentation, the classic Belgian yeast, fresh, superbly food friendly beer. The website for this is kaveshfamily.com. It's part of the Table Beer and Food Pairing Project by Beer52. Right, let's see what I think of this one. There it is. It's got an orange cap. Off it comes. Wow, I can smell that from here. Yeah, definitely smell the lime and the coriander. Put it in my glass. Uh, and there comes a dog. So everyone's here now. <laughs> oh, she's coming. She's for you, Minnie. <laughs> she's mm, it smells something. interesting. Mm, that's uh, definitely interesting. Yeah, definitely taste the lime, definitely taste the coriander. It's quite nice. Won't be to everyone's taste. It's still available. I do like coriander beer. I do like lime in my beer sometimes. So. Yeah, I'll give that a 4 out of 5, that's quite nice, yeah. I've enjoyed that. The Cheese Bar. I like a restaurant whose name leaves no ambiguity around what you're getting yourself into. And the Cheese Bar more than lives up to that implied promise. Or threat to the lactose intolerant. With a menu which ranges from Stilton, Bacon and Pear Sandwich to a mega 40s fondue sharing pot, owner Matthew Carver has answered the question, how do you want your cheese? With a succinct, all the ways please. Matthew started his cheese wheeze selling toasties from a converted ice cream van in Camden Market, but established a more permanent home last year. With an expanded and constantly evolving range from fromage based delicacies. And what a home it is, with exposed brickwork, tasteful lighting 
and an impressive central bar area. There's not a cheese pun in sight at this hip Camden abode. All the dishes are immaculately presented in a way that absolutely revels in the runny, stringy, bubbly glory of cheese. Golden crusts and yellow torrents of heart-bothering deliciousness. There's plenty of theatre. It probably goes without saying that the cheese bar has made a point of sourcing its ingredients from the very best artisanal cheese makers from around the UK and beyond. And, while there's plenty of variety in the know-how they're served, there are no gimmicks and the cheese is always the star of the show. Creating the beer. Putting this beer together was a lot of fun. We sat down with a bunch of cheeses and a box of dark beers and just got stuck in. Matthew and I decided that a Belgian Abbey style was definitely the way to go. And we settled on a double. Matthew picked up dark fruit, particularly fig flavours in this style, so we decided to dial that up by adding actual fig to our beer, which gets fermented away so it's not overly sweet. Rich, dark and boozy, this is great with a chunk of quality cheese at the end of a meal. A real treat. Table and the cheese bar. Daft Monk. 7% Belgian Double. Dark fruit and delicate spice notes abound with all the complexity of Belgian Abbey yeasts and the character of dark rich sugar balanced by an adequate bitterness to make this eminently drinkable and a great companion to cheese of all varieties. Hey guys, welcome back. Okay, so my next beer, and probably my last beer for tonight, as it's half past ten. The Daft Monk, Belgian Double with Figs, 7.5%. So there it is. This one's in partnership with the cheese bar. Find table at tablebrewing.com. still a 330ml bottle, but it's a Belgian-style 33ml bottle. It's a stubby. Got my De Heldenbrug opener back. Let's get this beer open, see what I think of it. Oops, that switched on my laptop. Oh, it's very dark. Oh, look at the colour of that. It's got a two finger foamy white head. Well, almost tan head actually. Mm. Oh, yes, it smells of figs. Alright, so let's see what I think of this. Belgian double with figs. Cheers guys, bring it out of my World Beer Festival glass. Mmm. Mmm. Well that's interesting. Yeah. It's um, very thick, very malty, very sweet, but it is a Belgian double, so that's exactly what it's meant to be like. Mm. It's okay. Put my laptop into sleep mode again. The, uh, when I'm took the top off this bottle, it dropped, hit a key on my keyboard, woke up my laptop, which is closed, and fell on the floor. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's definitely interesting. Um, I'm not entirely sure what to make of that. Give you that three and a half out of five. It's not bad. Not bad. I don't drink many Belgians, so I'm not entirely sure of the styles. I think the last Belgian I uh, drank was a... Uh, Trip or a quad, don't get that many doubles. Sweet, it's thick, it's malty. Slight hint of fig. Big, thick, malty beers aren't generally my thing. But it's not bad, and it's not bad for what it is. As a Belgian double, it works quite well. Oh, yeah, it actually has a description. Sorry. 
Right, so the description for this beer says, Dark fruit and delicate spice notes abound. With all the complexity of a Belgian abbey, the character of rich dark sugar balanced with fig juice and an adequate bitterness to make this ambiently drinkable and is a great companion to cheese of all varieties. Now it's funny that you should say that because I've just had cheese and biscuits. Oh, if I'd have known that, I'd have had that with my cheese and biscuits. Yeah, it's not too bad. So my first beer of day two, 31st of March, was a Ripper & Co. Session IPA. And where are they? Here they are. A Ripper & Co. So who are Ripper & Co? Who knew stuffed cornbread would bring a community together? In 2014, Gus and Kath Saguero opened a Ripper & Co. Named after a popular Venezuelan sweet food to create a home away from home from the Venezuelan community in London. Arepa is the daily bread of Venezuela, handed down the generations from the Tomoto Curicas, or tribal leader, made of cornmeal, water and salt. Fried, grilled or baked, split open, it provides a perfect home for a variety of delicious fillings, from shredded pork to avocado. Simply topped with cheese, arepas are a powerful reminder of home. Arepa & Co have two contrasting menus, one nestled in a railway arch and one just off the main road in Bethnal Green. Strung up with bulbs on a large outside terrace, the blue painted furniture is a reminder of relaxed summer vibes. The second sits along London's beautiful Regent Canal in Haggerston on the brilliantly named Paradise Row. Gus and Cathy's mission is to introduce London to the flavours of Venezuelan cuisine, building on traditional recipes with creative expressions of their chefs, inspired by the rich and colourful Venezuelan ingredients. Thick black beans, fried plantain, avocado, cavassa, shredded beef, pork loin and scores of roasted vegetables. Since cornbread is gluten-free, the menu is diverse enough to suit all tastes and preferences. That's not the only reason you should stop at trying a wrappers should you visit. The taquinos are perfect comfort food. Hot saucy pieces of cheese enrobed in crisp pastry, bread to be dunked in guava sauce. The second restaurant opened in Paradise Row in 2017. Creating the beer. Gus and Cathy were instantly welcoming. Their passion for food and culture of Venezuela was infectious and unforced. They were excited about the idea of doing something different than a pale lager, which is what customers often pair with their meal. They came up with a bright and bold session IPA that's still refreshing and thirst-quenching, but has bags of character. New World Hops give this a fresh fruity palate, which is assertive without overwhelming the food. The drinks at the venue are Venezuelan-inspired too, with cocktails centred around rum like the Arepa Sour, a mix of rum, lime and gum syrup. Polar beer, a Pilsner-style beer, is imported from across the Atlantic as well. The biggest treat May as well be in the form of a soft drink, however. Mango milkshake, thick and creamy with a hint of vanilla, is a big winner. Try that homemade lemonade too. Gus is proud of his cuisine and hopes London embraces it too, just as it embraces the flavours of Mexican, Brazilian and Argentinian cuisine over the years. It's time for Venezuela to arrive. A Referent Co. Session IPA. Fresh, zesty and refreshing, this beer will cut through rich complex flavours evoked in food. With a clean bitter finish and a selection of some of the finest and boldest hops from the new world in dry hop, this will boast a bright fruit forward nose and a light but juicy body. So that's a bit about a Co. Let's see what I thought. I've got two more beers from you from my table box. From Beer 52. And the first one is 
Venezuelan Heart, Arepa and Co. 330ml bottle, 4%, got a blue label. This beer will cook well through rich and complex flavours evoked in for the clean bitter finish. The selection of some of the finest and boldest hops from the new world in dry hop will boast a bright, fruit forward nose and a light juicy body. Sounds good. Bottled 1st of the 10th, 18, best before 1st of the 10th, 19. So, let's get this out into my glass and see what I think. Mmm, smells good, smells fruity. Yeah, I'm getting that fruitiness on the nose like you promised. Mmm. Cheers. Mmm. Oh, that is really nice. Nice, juicy, sweet, fruity. Yeah, I'm liking that. Mmm, it's got like, almost like exotic fruit, almost like sort of guava or something in that. I'm liking that. I'm liking that. I'm getting like a maybe a lime taste in the background. And like maybe like a bit of guava. Mmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm gonna give that. I'm gonna do that for our father. He's really nice. Cheers guys. Have a good one. I'll see you in a few. We have reached the middle of the show, which means only one thing. Time for a bit of music from an artist you've never heard of. Each week on the podcast I will showcase an independent artist and tell you a little bit about them. And as it's been incredibly warm here over the last few days, this just seemed appropriate.
we have an hour of sunshine. That was Herefordshire-born singer-songwriter Scarlet Fever. Two-time Billboard chart-talking singer-songwriter and musician Scarlet Fever has twice been BBC Radio 2 playlisted and has toured some of the best venues across the UK and the USA, including the Royal Albert Hall, Manchester Arena, Hammersmith Apollo, Hard Rock Cafe Hollywood, the Viper Room and the iconic Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. She has supported such acts as Robbie Williams, Ollie Murs, Girls Aloud, Lisa Stanfield, Cara Emerald and Bike and the Mechanics. The next beer doesn't actually appear in the magazine. It was called Club Mexicana and it was an American style pale ale. So the description for this one untapped says a bold punchy beer celebrating a similar character found throughout the Club Mexicana food. New England style, this will have a fulsome, soft, rounded body, replete with sweet fruitiness and richness expressing the mouthfeel, yet a perceived lightness, with its ample alcohol content kept well hidden. Table in Club Mexicana, pale ale, 5.2%. A bold, punchy beer celebrating a similar character found throughout the Club Mexicana food. New England style, this will have a fulsome, soft and rounded body, replete with a sweet fruitiness and richness expressed in the mouthfeel, yet a perceived lightness with the ample alcohol well hidden. So let's see what I thought of Club Mexicana. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Beers from Lockdown. 31st of March 2020. I am drinking Club Mexicana 5.2% Pale Ale from Table Brewing. Designed to be enjoyed and paired with Club Mexicana's 100% vegan and totally banging street food. It's a cool label, that, isn't it? <laughs> and this one says, A wonderfully complex and subtly fruity beer with a touch of refreshing lime zest. An accompanying dry hop from one of Germany's finest, most exciting new hops, Huel Melon, and Kiwi variety Mutuka, bouquet of sweet, soft fruit and a zingy hint of lime to make this beer the perfect refreshment partner for fresh and spicy food as well as richer deep fried delights. Let's see what I think of this then. Sounds good. Sounds just like my thing. Top off. <laughs> Didn't drop off. This one's paired with Mexican street food restaurant. Mm, smells good. You can definitely smell the lime on that. Definitely. Oh yeah. Mm, smells interesting. Cheers, guys. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> These all come in 330ml bottles. That's definitely interesting. Mm. Lime and melon. That's an interesting one. What's the best before day? On this one, it'll be something like the last one. I expect they're all out the same bowl. It doesn't say. No best before on this one. Well, not that I can see anyway. But it'll be sometime. Either late last year or early this year, as the rest of this is. This was my first box of beer from Beer 52. He's got delivered last May. He's drinking out tape beer doesn't do any harm. Sometimes it makes it better. It's something. You know, you've heard of aged beers, if you leave it too long. Sometimes it loses a little bit of flavour. Depends on the beer and the style. Oh, it's nice, I like that. Yeah. And these are all, they're not 
table beers in the traditional sense, because table beers tend to be about three, three and a half percent. But they're all designed to be paired with food. Like everything in this box is designed to be paired with food. And each one has been brewed with a different restaurant. So we've got Club Mexicana, which is a Mexican vegan tapas place. The um, first one was Arefa Co, which is a Venezuelan restaurant. Oh, that is nice. Yeah, I like that. Very different to the last one, but still very nice, very drinkable. Um, I believe the phrase they're using in the US at the moment, the phrase they hear the uh, beerists say a lot, very crushable. There we are, I'm being trendy now. Oh God, somebody shoot me. <laughs> My next beer came from Radio Alice. Radio Alice Pizzeria has such faith in its combination of toppings that you're not allowed to make any changes. That'd be no good for me then. That faith was proven last year when they were awarded the number one Italian pizzeria to try by Italy's leading newspaper, Corriere della Sera. An offshoot of Bebere, the Italian pizza chain with branches in Milan, Rome, Bologna and Verona, amongst others, Radio Alice was founded by brothers Matteo and Salvatore Allo, together with their friend Emma King. The technique for making sourdough using organic wheat, stone ground flour, wild yeast, a fermentation period of 24 hours and ancient baking methods gives rise to a crisp pizza on the outside and soft on the inside. Seasonal ingredients from Italy which can be tracked back to their origin villages and are used in well-considered balance. The name Radio Alice comes from an Italian pirate radio station whose remit was the radical and avant-garde. In this vein the pizzeria offers such innovations as green pea puree pizza with no meat or cheese specifically for vegans. The restaurant is cosy and stylish a lovely place to while away a couple of hours and is family friendly. It's based in Hoxton Square and stocks local Five Points Polar Monkeys IPA and Spaceman IPA, a robust American style beer from Italian brewers Brewfist. Brewfist are good, I've had Brewfist. I can't remember if I've had Brewfist in this country, I'm fairly sure I've had it when I've been abroad. Good Italian craft brewery if we can get hold of some. Creating the beer. Beer and pizza is such an amazing combination. It was no surprise to find Radio Alice already had a great selection. They have some really interesting progressive pizzas on the menu. And the whole style of the place feels very modern. So I really wanted to give them something very cutting edge. And which stood up with the big flavours of the food. We went with a hazy New England style. Because you don't see that on a lot of restaurant menus at the moment. But more importantly, because it pairs exceptionally well with pizza. Radio Alice. New England Double Dry Hopped IPA, 6.3%. A juicy, fruity and hugely aromatic beer, this IPA is double dry hopped with New World hops for lots of soft fruit character and a smooth body with muted bitterness. It sits wonderfully with the fresh and vibrant ingredients found throughout the Radio Alice pizza menu and offers a thirst quenching beer that represents a departure from the more dry and bitter offerings currently on the menu. Let's see what I thought of Radio Alice. 31st of March 2020, I am back with another beer from the table box. This is Radio Alice, a double dry hops New England IPA, coming in at 6.3%. It's got a really weird picture on it of, it's an actual photo of two people, 6.3%. <laughs> it 
some actual photo of two people, but their heads are replaced by a yellow and green dot. And it says, a juicy, fruity, and hugely aromatic beer. This IPA is double dry hopped with New World hops for lots of soft fruit flavour and smooth body and with muted bitterness. It sits wonderfully with the fresh and vibrant ingredients throughout the Radio Alice pizza menu and offers a thirst-quenching beer that represents a departure from the more dry and bitter offerings currently on the menu. So this one is brewed in association with Radio Alice which is a pizza parlour. So these have been brewed in, there's eight beers in the box, they've been brewed with eight different restaurants. Let's get this out and into my glass. It would help if I had a glass, wouldn't it? Yes. Right. Un momento. Fortunately, it's just over at the sink behind me. Washed up for earlier. Right, here we go. Opening with my De Helden Bruges bottle opener I picked up at the brewery in 2013 when I was over in the Netherlands. It's got a yellow top this one, so off it comes. It's better than the one last night. Do you remember last night? Just decant this into the glass. Oh, you can hear that. Oh, smells good. Smells a little bit a little bit melony, a little bit like the last one I had to be honest. Right, there it is. It's settled down, it's got next to no head at all. It's got a very thin white head, just white foamy stuff on the top really. Right, so let's try Radio Alice. Mmm, oh that is really nice. Juicy, fruity, a little bit of citrus, maybe a little bit of melon. Oh, I'm liking that. I'm going to give that a 4 out of 5. Well, probably one of my favourites in the box, that. Really, really nice. But we'll see what else comes. Used by 1st of the 10th, 19. Have a great one, guys. Stay safe. I'll see you in a few minutes with another beer. And my final beer after that box was Lily Vanilli. Lily Vanilli Jones has long been at the vanguard of the UK's baking resurgence, leading its transformation from a quiet pastime to a hip craft movement. From her bakery in East London, just off Columbia Road, she presides over a traditional menu of cakes, pastries and other baked treats, as well as designing bespoke creations for weddings and other events. Her style is distinctive and highly creative, making use of elements such as fresh flowers rather than sugar flowers, but she always puts the emphasis on flavour. I try to be creative with my flavours as much as the visual elements, she says. There's always consideration of flavour even in things we use for decoration. We always try to use things we've made in-house, whether that's chocolate work or syrups. The quality of the cake and its fillings is paramount. We use really high quality ingredients for everything and try to carry that into the decoration itself. Lizzie broke the mould when she started up 10 years ago and said she's been lucky with the amount of creative trust her customers have put in her. We never make the same cake twice. It's always something bespoke and unique. I think we've definitely had a modern approach and people expect something surprising in some way, she says. Craft beer and what we do definitely feels like they're a part of the same broad movement. A rediscovery of traditional craft in this country with a long history. We're experimental, but still harnessing those traditional skills that have been somewhat lost in the last few generations. We're definitely living through a period of revolution, but I think there's a long way to go and that's what's exciting. 
Like craft beer, it's the right thing at the right time. It's not necessarily the right people emulating what you're doing, even if it feels that way. And the way people share now is so rapid and spreads beyond your social experience. It's hard to say exactly where the ideas come from. Creating the beer. We've seen a lot of gloopy pastry styles this past year, but neither Lily nor I wanted this to be a cake in a glass. Instead, we tried to complement the flavours of baking a Black Forest Gatto and bring something that's still proudly of beer. So we've got lovely toasty malt and a light acidity from the cherries, bunting our rich fruit and residual sweetness for a beer that's luxurious without being cloying. Lily Vanilli, Black Forest Stout, 6%. Creamy, toasty and fruity with vanilla and a beautiful light acidity from cherries and roasted grains. This stout will be both sumptuous and very approachable. The balance of fruit, milk sugars and vanilla will create a pleasing body that is fulsome but not too rich. So let's see what I thought of Lily Vanillies. Right, my last beer for the night is Lily Vanilli. This is a Black Forest Stout coming in at 5.5%. So here we go. 31st of March 2020. I am drinking Lily Vanilli Black Forest Stout from the Table Project. Best before on this is 1st of the 10th, 19, as most of them has been. Uh, oh, this one contains oats, lactose, cherry, cacao nibs, hops, so vanilla, cherry and cacao. Chocolate, cherry and vanilla. It's got a very interesting logo. It's got a very scary looking fire and a very scary looking tree. There is no description, it's the only one without a description as to what it actually is and who it's for and who it's by. So let's get this out and into my glass and see what it's like. Again with the De Haldenbridge opener. It's got a black bottle cap this one. Oh, open with it. Ah, oh, there it goes again. Damn. <laughs> and it did it again. As it did the other night, the bottle cap fell on my keyboard and turned my laptop off because my laptop is not very good and the keyboard doesn't work so I need an external keyboard for it. The bottle caps keep dropping on the keyboard and tweaking the computer on. It's my last beer for the night. So let's see what I think of this then. Lily Vanilli, 5.5% stout. Mmm, smells interesting. It's never a good sign, is it? When someone goes, ooh, it smells interesting. Right. Let's get this down me and see what I think. Uh, not literally, obviously. I don't want to spoil this red shirt I'm wearing. Mmm. Ooh. Ooh, that's um, interesting. Definitely getting the cherry. Not really getting the chocolate. Getting the cherry, getting the vanilla. Again, like the other one, it's not black, it's a very, very dark amber, red, Coca-Cola colour, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, interesting. The average rating for this one on tap seems to be three and a half out of five. The average rating isn't going to change for me, I'm going to give that a three and a half out of five. It's nice, it's just not as nice as the others I've had so far out of this box. Right, so the description for this one on tap says... Creamy, toasty and fruity with vanilla and beautiful light acidity from cherries and roasted grains. This stout will be both sumptuous and very approachable. Balance of fruit, milk sugars and vanilla create a pleasing body that is fulsome but not too rich. And yeah, it's okay. A little dry for me. Mm. Alright, so 
bit, little bit dry on the back end. Alright. Cheers guys. Have a great evening. Enjoy yourself what you doing. I'll see you soon. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's anything you've seen that you think I should try and review, then you can get in contact by emailing cyberbeer at cyberbeer.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram using at cyber underscore beer. Or you can find us on Facebook by typing in cyberbeer. And if you want to see the process in process, follow me on Twitter and Periscope. Periscope is just at cyberbeer, all one word. Or you can watch through the Twitter account or on the Facebook account. I go live on Facebook as well. On a Monday and a Tuesday, set your notifications because I never really know when I'm going to go live. Don't have a set time. It depends on the weather. It's sometimes afternoon, sometimes it's evenings. Sometimes it's a bit of both. And occasionally I do a weekend as well, a Saturday or a Sunday. Or both. So just stay tuned to find out what's going on. So like, set your notifications, so you're notified when I go live, to find out where I am and what I'm doing that week. And remember to subscribe to the podcast so you get the next episode when it drops.